Wade into Wealth, taking one of life's most intimidating topics, money, your financial well-being, and providing simple, easy-to-understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health. This is Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities. Welcome back. This is Wade into Wealth. We're marching towards the end of the year, now less than two months. We're recording this. It's election day, uh, so I will put you on the spot. I don't see the sticker, so I'm assuming you didn't vote yet. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Do you know where you vote? Do you know where your polling location is? You don't. Nope. Okay. You're registered to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll just leave it at that. I voted this morning. Good. Off election. Uh, but I learned when I was in high school and, and got a chance to shadow the Genesee County Legislature um, the value of local government. And the things that are decisions that are made and things that you never think of that have an impact on our everyday life. Good. There was also a guy in that legislature who was missing a hand and had a hook. Hey. And he was a curmudgeon old man. Can't remember his name. Uh, but, can you blame uh, him? But he had a hook instead of a hand. So nobody really messed with that guy. No, nope, best not to. Um, yeah. So uh, on to some content that might be more of uh, value to you. Markets had their best week in a year last year to close out the end of October. And a lot of that seems to have to do with kind of what the Federal Reserve is saying and some things that look like they may be coming down the road for interest rates. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the markets have really moved in lockstep with or just been really hyper-focused on what the Federal Reserve is going to do with interest rates. And the impact that you see from that, if interest rates are rising, your more growth-focused type of investments Mm -hmm. remain under pressure. A slowdown in interest rates, your growth type of investments tend to respond favorably to that. And so that's exactly what we saw. The Federal Reserve came out. They did not declare victory, which I don't think anyone expects them to. But for the, I believe that was the second time in a row that they did not raise rates and mentioned that, you know, maybe they don't have to continue to keep raising rates going forward. And so the market looked at that favorably and your growth oriented investments responded in in a very strong way. I think it's also important to note that August, September, and October were challenging months for markets. And so from a psychological perspective, often when you're going through difficult times like that, you can see, you know, the strongest week of the year come shortly thereafter. And that's where we talk about the importance of not trying to time and get in and out of investments with a short-term um, nature. Yeah. And the Federal Reserve basically did, I think I meant you used this silly analogy before. The they, they was like telling your kid maybe when they mm-hmm. ask you if they can go you can go get ice cream. Yep. Maybe. You're not saying yes. You're not saying no. You're buying yourself time. They're buying themselves time. However, you know, the the, the tea leaves, if you will, are are showing that all right, we're probably closer to interest rates. Um the the ending of interest rates rising consistently and the market seemed to to react to that favorably. And then confirmation came out that maybe the jobs numbers were not as strong as they had been, which further points to the Federal Reserve not needing to raise rates as much as perhaps they had previously thought. Yeah, so maybe I, the challenge in this one is always kind of standing pat. And, and, That's the hardest and thing. Staying yeah. put with your investments when you see declines, and the reality is this year. Even though the S&P 500 is positive, five of the 11 sectors are negative. Well, Dow Jones is negative. Right. 
And and the Nasdaq has to be. I don't know where the Nasdaq it, is. Nasdaq is up the most. Got to be up but the most. It was also down the, the most last heaviest year. in technology. Yep. Um, but there are always always opportunities mm-hmm. in these periods of chaos and 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 turmoil or turbulence, which is what we've been in for the better part of eighteen months in terms of the yep. stock market and and the economy. And so I'm curious, where are some areas that you see opportunities? Well, first it comes down to what your objectives are and why you're mm-hmm. investing money in the first place. But I'll paraphrase Warren Buffett, who I think said, we don't have to be the smartest people in the world. We just have to be more disciplined than the rest. And that touches on exactly what you just said, where it's a lot more challenging to be patient and to ride through the difficult times as opposed to abandoning your long-term objectives and making decisions that will make you feel better today while potentially sacrificing tomorrow. And so if you're a long-term investor and you are willing to have patience, there's still plenty of opportunity in equities. Even though the S&P 500 this year is up, 2022 was the worst year that markets had seen since 2008. So if you have a long-term perspective, there are still good opportunities that can be had there from the standpoint of stocks or or equities. Mm -hmm. If you're an income investor, interest rates being up is helpful for you. Short-term bonds or certificates of deposit, you're able to get 5%, in some cases more than that. Treasuries too still. Yeah, on on an annual basis, which we haven't seen rates like that in, I think, probably somewhere between 15 and 20 years uh, now. You know, two years ago, we were talking about you could get 2 2.5%, and now you can get north of 5% on those in a fairly conservative way. So they're... There will always be opportunities that present themselves, but it should come down to what are your goals and what's your time horizon and what makes the most sense for you. It's the perfect time to take a different view of what's happened. And instead of this is frustrating, I'm concerned, I have anxiety, which those are all real feelings. And, and you know, I think fear is anxiety plus the unknown. What we don't know is how long is this going to continue. Yep. Um, but the likelihood of the entire stock market going to zero is fairly low. And I say yeah. that kiddingly, like, yeah. um, but. And I think if it did, we'd have probably bigger problems that we would be focusing on as opposed to our bank accounts. Absolutely. But I think if you're willing to try to step outside your own feelings, and this is easier said than done, when you look at a statement and see that it's down, mm-hmm. is if you look and say, all right, well, where, what is most important to me? And is there an opportunity to get closer to my goals and objectives? Maybe doing something I haven't done. And I think somewhat annoyingly so, I've kind of been beating the drum on CDs and bonds, maybe to you. I th- think that's what I've talked about more than anything the last four or five months, mm-hmm. is that there is an opportunity here and the same conversation with clients. There's an opportunity here we haven't had in the last 20 to 25 years to lock in extremely low risk returns that are higher than they have been in almost a quarter of a century. Yeah. And and a lot of folks who've been living in this environment where it's been 2% returns on bonds. And now it's to say, well, let's put some more money there. And then that allows you time to wait for everything else to turn around. And that's what I think Warren Buffett's been best at. He's just been extremely patient. He's been more patient than just about every other investor in the world. And that's what's yeah. made him so successful. And he doesn't make decisions based on emotions, which are so so easy right. to do as human beings. Right. Right? Because, you know, I think you've mentioned it a number of times before. You just have to choose your heart. Right. 
is today going to be difficult so that tomorrow can be better or will you make today easier and tomorrow will be will be more difficult and that's accepting our pain today for a better tomorrow is something that is much easier said than done but is very important to long-term investing success and what i have seen in the aftermath of conversations with clients, and I imagine you have too, is that when you can talk about shifting your perspective a little bit into let's look for some opportunities, when they walk out of your office or the phone call is getting to end, you can sense they're a little more relaxed, they're a little more comfortable with some of the changes or adjustments you may have been met because they're now seeing, all right, I I don't love what's happening, but I am taking advantage of an opportunity here to set myself up for future success or to bring myself closer to what's most important to me, needs, goals, expectations. Yeah. And for a lot of people, I think it's just talking about it Mm -hmm. that makes it easier uh, to accept that no one knows what's going to happen, but discussing your circumstances, your situation and what it is that's causing anxiety and getting an outside perspective can oftentimes be really helpful. Yep. Okay. Moving to the end of the year, we've got less than two months things people should be thinking of so typically it was a heavy sigh yeah um one it's hard to believe that we have less than two months left in the year it always is uh and so you know grappling with that is is uh it's not a challenge but it's exciting and so as you come into the end of the year certain things will matter more to certain people we'll always be looking at what we call tax loss harvesting Mm -hmm. so if you have an investment account that's not a retirement account, brokerage account. You'll want to look at, have we booked capital gains so far this year? And if we have, are there opportunities to maybe sell a couple of investments so that we can wipe out the gain that gets reported to the IRS and save money on taxes? Possibly. Good thing to look at and consider. Especially in a market like this, where, again, look for the opportunity. Is there an opportunity to maybe clean some things out that haven't been home runs and to take advantage of a loss? to either take a tax deduction or offset other capital gains. Another one is for our clients who are 73 years old and up, or even uh, this is an option when you're 70 and a half, is some will look to make what are called qualified charitable distributions or donations from their retirement accounts. Maybe you have a required minimum distribution that you don't necessarily need. And so with the way tax laws have changed over the past couple of years, you can make a, this is not new, but if you just take a standard deduction, your charitable contributions, you're not able to deduct those anymore. And so some of our clients will have checks written directly to a charitable charitable organization from their retirement account so that they don't have to pay taxes on that distribution if you don't need it. Yep. Excellent points. If I may add something, even if you are not 70, 73, you can also gift shares of appreciated stock out of a yep. brokerage account. And how I've kind of phrased that with some folks is, look, I'll ask, do you make charitable donations? I don't care if you do or don't, but yep. do you? And if they say yes, it's all right. Well, who are, to whom are you giving and how much? Maybe it would make sense to give them some shares of the Apple that you own because you are off the hook. You're not on the hook for capital gains taxes and the organization as a charity can sell it without having to pay tax, capital gains taxes or they can keep it. Keep invested. Most most organizations have investment accounts that, yep. that are able to receive donations. So give some thought to end of the year donations, gifting appreciated stock, part of your required minimum distribution, and tax losses. All ways you can increase your efficiency 
and start now. It's November 7th when we're recording this. It's very easy to gift out of an IRA, but it can take some time to figure out yep. what the organization needs. Where is it being sent? There's paperwork to be signed. So from the ultimate procrastinator, start now. Yeah. Uh, start now. Uh, you laughed. Uh, yes, I did. need to. Um, changes for 2024. So it'll it'll soon be that time again where we're not like, oh, it's the start of another year. Yeah. And you're getting into tax season and all that jazz. Changes for 2024. There are some to be aware of. Some of the most recent changes that came out deal with contribution limits to your 401k or your IRA. So they increased the contribution limits again in 2024. If you're under 50 years old, you can max out your 401k, your employer-sponsored plan, with 23000 If you're over the age of 50, you can do the catch-up, which is 7500 So if you're over 50 years old, the maximum amount that you can put in, never minding any employer matches or anything else, just money from your paycheck going into your retirement plan is $30,500. Again, that's if you're over 50 years old. For an IRA, traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, if you're under 50 in 2024, your max contribution is $7,000. $500 bump. And if you're over 50, uh, you have another $1,000 of catch-up that you can do, which t- would take you up to $8,000. Social Security also increasing 3.2%. The, uh, the cost of living adjustment? Yes, good, sir. Yep. That is, uh, which, which is actually lower than it's been the previous two years, yep. uh, but it's increasing um, very modestly uh, for 2024. And so a lot of folks will start getting those notifications mm-hmm. in the mail very soon. Most of our clients bring those to us with their tax paperwork, uh, and that's how we know you usually start to receive those. Um, that's not necessary for your income tax return for 23, but it's helpful for you to expect what you're, or to see what you can expect in 2024 from the government. One other thing to think of, and we've talked about this before, but again, to try to take advantage or find an opportunity as we're heading into the new year. If you are able, and we have clients who we, who we recommend doing this, is look, the, the market's probably still going to be down a bit from its all-time highs when we enter 2024. If you are someone that that has the ability to make larger 401k contributions, I would consider front-loading your contributions, doing more up front with the idea that you are very likely going to be making contributions when prices are still a bit lower than they've been into your 401k. Some people will max it out in the first couple of months. If you can do that, great. If you can't, just make sure you're contributing or think of increasing your contribution by 1% to 2% a year. Those, those, those modest adjustments, if done consistently, add up to big things over time. And as we head into 2024, I think it's important to remember it's a presidential election year, which oh, his- yeah. history tells us that from January to November, in presidential election years, the market tends to see more volatility. It's not because the market cares if a Republican or Democrat wins. It's simply the fact that the market doesn't know who will win or what party will be in control, and it's likely to lead to more volatility. Whenever there is uncertainty, you can expect volatility to follow. That does not mean you should abandon your goals. It just means go into the year with the expectation that history tells us we'll likely see a little bit more volatility. That's okay. It will present opportunities for you, but it's not a reason to alter 
or jeopardize your long-term goals because of short-term volatility. Just understand that we may see a little bit more in 2024. Very likely. Um, and I know everyone's really excited. Uh, yep. People oh, yeah. on both sides of the coin for a political and a presidential election. Um, so, you know, so this is interesting. And, you know, we get another couple of minutes that I was listening to this is that someone was saying, you know, you don't need to pay attention to national polls right now because a national poll is going to is going to poll from different places around the country. The reality is the presidential election is is pretty much almost decided and will be decided by about 50,000 people in the entire United States. Mm -hmm. And the point being is that we're here in New York in the presidential election. Our vote probably doesn't matter that much. Sure. But there are counties in states like Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Ohio, in in North Carolina, um, and and Florida. There's a handful of counties, and the total population in these counties is about fifty thousand people. That, based on how those counties vote, will decide those states, and very likely the winner of the presidential election. So it's interesting to me. I'm like, oh well, yeah, I don't, we don't need to pay attention to national polls yeah. because they really don't matter. the The majority of states, all but you know, ten states or so, are probably decided already. That makes sense. We all know who we're voting for already. Mm -hmm. If the candidates are who they are, and you know, nobody's thrilled about it. But here we are. So yeah, it's interesting. I mean, when you say it, it makes all the sense in the world. I don't uh, necessarily think about it all the time. I hadn't either but, until it was brought yeah. to my attention. I'm like, yeah, actually. Because you always hear about the same counties when they're counting off the votes right. um, you know, on, an, on election night. So it'll be interesting to see how that, yeah. uh, how that shakes out. Be something. Okay. Yep. Uh, we'll return soon. Thanks for, uh, thanks for spending the, the past 17 minutes with us. Contact the Wade Group at Wade Group at brightonsecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at The Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade Into Wealth, brought to you by The Wade Group at Brighton Securities.